0: The reading is from Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 to 14, and is on the, the church Bible page 789. Jeremiah 29 verses 1 to 14, uh, page 789. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiachin and the Queen Mother, the court officials, And the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the artisans, had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elisha, son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners Among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfil my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So then we've reached the second week of our sermon series Life on the Front Line exploring how we can live fruitfully and faithfully for Christ in every bit of life with the people and in the places where we spend our time every day. Last week we looked at our call to the front line and we looked at what is our front line and why it matters. And the clergy offered To visit you on your front line and you can sign up again for that this week. The sign-up sheet is on the table at the back. This week, today, we're exploring the Frontline Commission and our question is this, how do we continue to serve God on our front lines even when it's difficult? So the places that God has given us to go and spend our time day by day, the people he's given us to go and spend our time with day by day. How do we continue to serve God in those places when it's difficult? How can we be part of God's purposes on our front lines when the going gets tough, when we don't feel in control, when survival is our overriding concern? I know from talking with many of you that this is or has been recently your experience. The story of Jeremiah holds much to encourage us to carry on serving God on and in our front lines through struggles and challenges. And the struggles and challenges, that's something we all face at one point or another. The chapter we heard read by Malcolm is based on a letter that Jeremiah sent to the Israelites living in exile. And his advice to them was unexpected and it was unwanted. For those in exile, Jeremiah's letter was like discovering you've got a tyre puncture after your exhaust just dropped off, or your trusted colleague has just resigned when work was already tricky enough, or your daughter tells you more of the story which has already landed her in enough bother, or you've tried to follow the discipline procedure in your workplace, only then to discover that your colleague has accused you. Of wrongdoing. It was bad news after bad news. Talking of bad news I've got a joke for you. A vicar was preoccupied with thoughts of how he was going to break some bad news to the church and asked the congregation to come up with more money than they were expecting for repairs to the church building and as a result he was annoyed to find that the regular organist was sick and a substitute had been brought in at the last minute. The substitute wanted to know what to play. Here's a copy of the service, the vicar said impatiently, but you'll have to think of something to play after I make the announcement about money and the finances. So during the service, the vicar paused and said, brothers and sisters, we're in great difficulty. The roof repairs cost twice as much as we expected, and we need £10,000 more. Any of you Who can pledge £100 or more, would you please stand up?" And at that very moment the substitute organist played the national anthem. (laughs) And that is how the substitute became the regular organist. So would you please stand if you're going to be doubling your giving in the next few months. National anthem, national anthem. (laughs) So back to scripture then. A few thousand Israelites had been carried captive to Babylon. Word had reached Jeremiah in Jerusalem that some false prophets amongst them were trying to sweeten this bitter pill and they were predicting the swift downfall of Babylon and a speedy return home for those who were taken captive. But Jeremiah, realistic and straight talking as ever, felt that it was his duty to to warn his fellow Israelites against any further self-delusion and so he wrote a letter to them and in the first section of this letter Jeremiah makes a number of crucial points that carried much significance to those in Babylon and they hold much significance for us too. Firstly then, Jeremiah tells those on the front line in Babylon to make yourself at home It's a very striking point. Now, Basin Hill is the place where Kate and I have lived the longest during our 17 years of married life. It makes a difference making yourself at home, it makes a difference to family, to friends, community, church. But speaking this encouragement to the Israelites facing captivity really is quite striking. It's startling. But Jeremiah is quite clear. This is what the Lord says. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry, have sons and daughters. Now it would be easy to see this situation as a tragedy, an injustice, an evil. But Jeremiah encourages his fellow Israelites to see that this is part of God's good purposes for them. God tells them to make the most of it, to embrace the situation, to carry on with life. Don't stop living. In times of difficulty, of course, it's perfectly natural to hope that God will rescue us quickly. But God's instruction to Israel through Jeremiah encourages us to change our perspective on struggles that we face on our front line, to come at them differently Through the sacred, secular divide that Mia touched on last week in her sermon, we've been encouraged to see ourselves as resident aliens in our families, our schools, our factories, our offices, universities and hospitals. And therefore, at times, we've not made ourselves at home. In fact, we've done the opposite. We've resisted because we think it's better to stand apart, to distance ourselves, to be wary. But God says, Make yourself at home. Even though it's a struggle, you might be there for the long haul. So settle down. Live life in the place I have carried you to. You notice that in verse 4, where God says, I've carried you to that place. It's a very striking phrase. So don't sit around complaining and resenting and wishing things were different. Live positively. Take the opportunities to grow things and make more life in that place amongst those people. These are God's instructions for us. And be careful not to waste your life expecting the swift downfall of your enemies, the speedy end to trouble and stress. Remember that God is at work for good in everything. Please note, this doesn't mean going along with the things that go against God's good purposes. In what ways then can we make ourselves at home on our front lines to live positively, to grow things for God, to make more life, not less? Secondly then, through Jeremiah, God tells his people to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you. You'll see that in verse seven of that chapter. Now this point definitely builds on the first and again it's startling. God tells his people to pray for the city of Babylon. Now there's an element of self-interest here, of course, isn't there? Because if Babylon prospers, then Israel prospers too. But praying for those who make your life difficult is important. Jeremiah was writing to people who were accustomed to gathering in the temple in Jerusalem to pray for the peace and prosperity of Israel and Jerusalem. And to react with venom and vengeance against those, anybody, in fact, who threatened their land. So to move from this, to pray for Babylon, for its peace, for its prosperity, it's a huge leap, you can imagine. For Christians, this can be a challenge too, despite Jesus' own words. Pray for your enemies, love your enemies, sorry, and pray for those who persecute you. We too gather in the safety of the church as opposed to the temple and it can be easy to become preoccupied with praying for our own prosperity, for our own peace, protecting our own borders against invasion, speaking with vengeance and venom to those who challenge our views, our beliefs and our actions. But God turns our attention outwards to much further afield, to our front lines, to the cities, the places to which he's carried us. That might feel at times like being taken captive, but God is with us, he's carrying us. And so we're to pray for our front lines, for peace and prosperity. And of course, a prayer like that always, always has legs. We're to demonstrate the change we want to see for God In all the places to which he's taken us. So then, the question for us is how can you and I pray for the peace and prosperity of our front line? That is the second thing God tells the captives, then the third is this have hope. The Lord's intentions for his people were fixed, they weren't blown about by the wind of mood and circumstances. God had plans for them to prosper. One day, they would prosper in a much better place, a place of freedom. But for now, they'll prosper in a place where freedom is limited. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The plans aren't simply tied to future freedom. God began to work out his plans from day one. God's plans for us are fixed too. He has plans for us to prosper one day in a better place of freedom. But for now, in whatever places he's carried us where freedom is limited, God has plans of hope and a future for you on your front line. And he's been working on these since day one. So the question for us is this, what difference will the hope of God's plans make to you On your front line. The fourth and final point God makes to his people in this letter is this, I am out there, I am out there. Then you'll call upon me and you'll pray to me and I will listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you. Through Jeremiah God is challenging his people to grasp a radical new understanding of faith and living for God. The author of Psalm 137 asked this question, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Well, Jeremiah insists that those in exile can and must find God out there in Babylon, just as surely as they claim they can in Jerusalem and in the temple. God challenges them to see that having lost Jerusalem, the temple, their homeland, everything that they previously considered essential to their faith, they had in fact lost nothing. True faith is praying to a God who hears, who can be found by the waters of Babylon just as certainly as he can be found in the temple in Jerusalem. For us, Gathering as the church is crucially important, of course, not least, to equip us to live for God on our front lines. But God is not found exclusively in the church. He's out there, if you've not found that already. He is. He's out there. It's time for us, as God's church, to expect to see God at work on our front lines, in every corner of life that we inhabit, just as much as we can expect to see God at work in his church. God is not restricted to work within the borders of the walls of his church. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God cannot and will not be imprisoned in his church. He is free to roam the world. He is out there ready to be found in the unexpected places and the unexpected people. On our front line, without our brothers and sisters in Christ, without our collective worship, without our comforting resources of faith, God tells us we've lost nothing. If you seek God with all your heart, you will find him out there. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever day of the week, whatever you're facing, because God promises he will listen to you because God carried you there. So how will you and I Look for God out there on our front lines in the unexpected places and the unexpected people. Today, I've asked Pauline if she'd just share with us briefly uh, about this topic about coping on our front lines in difficulties. And then we're going to pray together. Thank you so much. So, just briefly then, where is your front line?
2: Well, um, before retirement, I really enjoyed the challenge of being on the front line as a teacher. But now in common with many people here, of course, in retirement, the front line seems a very ordinary place. And largely it's with family and with people that you just happen to meet, maybe even in the uh, supermarket checkout. It doesn't matter, ordinary it may seem, there.
1: Thank you Paul. (coughs) So
2: how do you cope then
1: on your front line when it's really difficult and it's tricky?
2: Well it can be very tricky um, but it's still challenging. Um, Family issues have been very challenging for some time and recently I've felt pulled in many different directions. How do I cope? Well I've often felt like running away (laughs) Uh, But that's not a real option, as Tim has just been preaching to us from Jeremiah. So I just keep going, and I try to apply some wisdom, hopefully it's God-given wisdom, to often messy situations. One of those overworked phrases, but nevertheless it seems a bit appropriate, keep calm and carry on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. So Pauline then, what difference does God's promise that he has plans for you to prosper, what, do, what difference does that make to you when you're in the thick of it every day?
2: Well, sometimes you do forget God and you try to cope with situations in your own strength. You fall into doing that. And I wonder where God is in the apparently messy situations of life. But I have to remind myself in order to cope that he is ultimately in control and that he works for our good. Mm. And I have to seek his wisdom for the way ahead. And I need reminding of those other words, oft quoted. I used to have a poster, we used to have these little posters up, Mm. uh, and on it it said, let go and let God. Mm. So that's how we cope really, when we feel that we we can't cope in our own strength.
1: Mm. Pauline, thank you so much. That's brilliant to, to hear you just share like that. And it uh, takes a lot of courage to be, to be honest in front of everybody, so thank you so much. If you could just stay standing with me here, Pauline, because I want to invite everybody to, to respond. We're not going to pray, play the National Anthem, but I, I do want to ask you all, are you struggling for one reason or another at the moment on your front line? I bet that's most of us, if we're truly honest. I'm already standing, but if I wasn't, I'd be standing up right now because I want to pray for us all that in all the difficulties that we won't just cope that we'll thrive and that we will flourish with God's help. So if that's you, if you're struggling for one reason or another on your front line, I'd like you to stand now, please. Thank you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we trust that you have carried us to these places. It may be difficult. It may really, really challenge our faith in you. It may lead us to question all sorts of things. But we do trust you. That you have plans for us to prosper, that you don't want to harm us. And so we pray that through your Holy Spirit you will help us to have the courage and the strength to grow things in those places, to make ourselves at home, to make new life, to make a positive difference. That through you we'll be able to seek peace and prosperity that we will have hope in you hope that even in the really really dark and difficult times will not be extinguished and that wherever we are whoever we're with we will find you and know that you're with us out there we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Amen Thank you Bless you all, thank you, please sit down